coming to you from deep inside the bowels of a great big empty. Get ready for another episode of The Home Defense Show with Skip Coriel. And that was Golden Glenn, the official announcer of The Home Defense Show. I'm your host, Skip Coriel, author of 22 books, Marine Corps veteran, founder of the Second Amendment March, proud father of seven, grandfather to 19 and counting. And as a special bonus, I'm also madly in love with my own wife. My priorities in life are God, family, country, in that order, and I hereby promise to never compromise in my convictions. I may go broke, but I'll never go woke. All right, we have got a great show for you today. First, we will speak with Tim Schmidt, the founder and owner of the United States Concealed Carry Association. Then we'll have our shootingclasses.com self-defense report, where we get some expert advice on the details of self-defense. But before we get too far into the show, let's thank our sponsors, United States Concealed Carry Association, shootingclasses.com, and Centershot Indoor Gun Range. You know, I screwed up and I read the news again. It was terrible. But it was hard not to read this particular news. I mean, I'm in the self-defense world here. Boy, I saw this headline. Houston church shooter previously went by male name. A shooter who opened fire in a Texas megachurch over the weekend previously used a male name, law enforcement records show. Why should that matter? I, I'm not sure why that matters. Maybe because this is happening more and more often? I don't know. I, why are transgender people so angry? I, I don't get it. They, they seem to be very unhappy. On Sunday afternoon, 36-year-old Janess Ivan Moreno walked into Lakewood Church in Houston with a long gun and her young child and opened fire before being shot dead by law enforcement at the scene. Moreno, a woman previously identified as Jeffrey Escalante, had a criminal history extending back nearly two decades to 2005 that included arrest for failure to stop and give information, assault of a detention officer, assault causing bodily injury, forgery, theft for stealing socks and cosmetics from a store, evading arrest, and unlawful carrying of a weapon. Well, she certainly is busy. A man, 57, was shot in the leg and later released from the hospital. Moreno's seven-year-old son was also shot in the head and transported to the hospital in critical condition. Police have not yet announced a motive for the shooting. Moreno arrived at the church in a white vehicle and entered just before 2 p.m. wearing a trench coat and a backpack. Hmm. With a long gun inside. Now, all of you uh, church safety team guys, haven't we seen this before? We've heard this story before, right? When someone walks into your church with a trench coat and a backpack, you go up and you talk to that person, maybe two or three of you at a time, and find out what the heck's going on. After the shooter began to fire, two off-duty law enforcement officers confronted her, ultimately fatally shooting her. Lakewood Church is led by high-profile evangelical pastor Joel Osteen. It just seems like every time we have one of these a church shooting, a school shooting, uh, any type of a mass murder event, it's always the same story. The mainstream media, they like to demonize people in the gun community. But it's not the people in the gun community that are committing mass murder. It's people from outside the gun community. 
Here's a different article. The neighbors of the shooter who opened fire at Joel Osteen's Lakewood Church before being fatally shot by police detailed years of harassment and threats their small two-street community faced from her, saying law enforcement and elected officials failed to adequately respond to their near-constant outcry. The next-door neighbor, Jill, said Moreno repeatedly made false police reports that she and others were stalking Moreno and the seven-year-old boy said to be Moreno's son. Moreno, who was originally from El Salvador, had a lengthy criminal record and previously used the name Jeffrey Escalante Moreno. Here's a quote from the neighbor, Jill. Four years I've been through hell. I have reported this, reported this, reported this, and it's gone on deaf ears. I've had psychological officers up here. Until she hurts you, there's nothing we can do, said police. So everybody keeps saying on all these big news stations, if you see something, say something. That's bull S, she said. Because I've been through it. I've talked to everybody. I've probably called every one of your news stations trying to get someone to take this on. No one would do anything, Jill said. Nobody would call me back, and yet everyone's still on these stations saying, see something, say something. Nobody should have died. Nobody should have been hurt. This should have been handled years ago. And here we are again, Jill added. Folks, this is the same old story. And the liberals respond in the same way. They will say, this has gone on long enough. This insanity has to stop. And their answer is to take away guns from legal gun owners. I think people are starting to catch on. People don't want their guns taken away. We've got more and more legal gun owners every single day. Crime, lawlessness, is going through the roof. And people are saying, you're not going to take my gun. Are you out of your mind? Speaking of out of your mind, let's talk about the mental health system here in America. We have so many people on psychotropic drugs that it's just bizarre. Psychotropic drugs tends to be a factor with mass shooters. I don't know if that was the case here, but certainly this is a mental health issue. This is not a gun issue. I mean, it doesn't matter if she stabs five people to death or shoots five people to death. They're still dead. We also have a spiritual problem here in America. We live in a godless society. Ever since the 1960s, people have been trying to take God out of public life, and they've succeeded to a large degree. We have kids growing up without parents. We have kids growing up without close family life. We have kids growing up without God. We have schools teaching children that they're pond scum, that they were evolved from little germs living in a pond, and they were zapped with electricity, and that's where they came from. If that's what you believe, you have no purpose in life. Drugs and alcohol. Folks, when you've got a proliferation of psychotropic drugs, mental illness, godlessness in society, what do you expect to happen? America has lost its true north compass heading. It was inevitable that we would get from 1965 to 2024 and end up where we are right now. It was predictable. And I'm reminded of a quote from a very famous book. You probably won't even recognize it because no one reads this book anymore. But it was, it's an old book. It's like thousands of years old. 
It says, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. That's exactly where we are in our society right now. People look at Hamas, a terrorist group who murdered hundreds of people, brutally filmed it, and they say, those are good people. We need to help those people. Israel, who is trying to protect themselves, they're bad people. Is that not bitter for sweet, sweet for bitter, light for dark, dark for light? The far left doesn't know what evil is and doesn't know what good is, or they don't care. Short term, all we can do is pray for these people because they're sick. These people are very sick, violently sick. Lord, have mercy on their souls. Let's pray for them, pity them, but they're not allowed to hurt innocent people. We'll pray for them until they start hurting and killing people, and then we stand up and say no, and we do what we have to do to stop them, just like the cops did at Joel Osteen's church. I really believe it's possible to love someone while you're killing them. Hey folks, please write me and tell me what you think. You can email me at skip at homedefenseshow.com. If you want to learn how to protect yourself and your loved ones, then you need to check out our sponsor, United States Concealed Carry Association. Just go to uscca.com and see how they can help you protect and defend the ones you love. Coming up next, we'll be interviewing Tim Smith, the owner and founder of the United States Concealed Carry Association, and then we'll have our self-defense report sponsored by shootingclasses.com. In the meantime, God bless and stay safe. We'll be right back. Coming to you from deep inside the bowels of a great big empty. Get ready for another episode of The Home Defense Show with Skip Coriel. And that was the beautiful and sultry voice of Golden Glen, the official announcer of the Home Defense Show, and I'm your host, Skip Coriel. Oh, man, I love that guy's voice. Glenn, I just want you to know that I'm honored to have your incredible vocal talent on the show. It's been in the back of my mind to invite Glenn onto the show so you folks can learn more about the man behind the voice. I'll talk to Glenn and see if we can get him on the air for a personal interview. I, I think you'll like that. All right, listeners, before we get too far into the show, don't forget to check out our sponsors, United States Concealed Carry Association, ShootingClasses.com, and CenterShot Indoor Gun Range for all your training and equipment needs. Without our sponsors, this show wouldn't be on the air, so we thank you all. All right, folks, now I'd like to introduce a longtime friend of mine. I really love this guy. We go back about 15 years, and he's a man of great character. He's got integrity and determination. And I owe a lot to him, both personally and professionally. The man is Tim Schmidt, the owner and founder of the United States Concealed Carry Association. Tim, welcome to the Home Defense Show. Well, thank you, Skip. I'm I'm excited to be here. And it's funny how uh, you and I have known each other for a long time. And it's amazing <laughs> yes. how quickly that time passes. But yeah, I'm excited to 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 uh, to talk today. Well, so am I. You know, it's odd. I've been a little nervous about this. And it's like, I don't get nervous when I do interviews very much because I've done like hundreds of them. And I haven't been this nervous since I interviewed Ted Nugent. 
So you can see where you are in the hierarchy there. You're right up there with, with Ted Nugent, Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin, all of those guys. So I've been looking forward to this interview as well, Tim. Excellent. Excellent. Let's, let's do it. Yeah, you don't even know what to say to that. I know by nature, you're kind of a, a humble guy, which I appreciate it. You know, I, I kind of am too. But Tim, I've got all kinds of questions. I, I just want to just bat things back and forth a little bit. Just two friends sitting down, pretend we're on the shooting range. We've been shooting for an hour and now we're taking a break. Do you remember the day that 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 we first met? You remember? I'm putting you on the spot, aren't I? It's a little foggy. I mean, I certainly I, I feel like we we met uh, revolving around the, the Second Amendment march in, yes. in Washington D.C. Does that does that sound right? That, yeah, that is absolutely right. We met uh, the first week in January at the Shot Show in 2010, and mm, that wow. was about well, yeah, <laughs> that's a long time ago, and uh, boy, I was deep inside the bowels of organizing the Second Amendment march. And I had already been organizing that march for an entire year. I I took time off of work. I just stopped doing everything. Uh, my wife was still working as an engineer. And, you know, basically I was staying home with it, you know, taking care of the kids and doing all that stuff. But you probably don't even realize this. But at the time that I met you, I was incredibly discouraged because I had been trying to light a fire under the Second Amendment community for a year now, and I mm. couldn't get people to step up and to, to back up what I was trying to do. They were, it seemed like they were all afraid. They were all mm. afraid of, of uh, failing or, or something like that. But you were not afraid. You were really the big donor in, uh, you know, for the Second Amendment march. And Without you stepping up, the Second Amendment march would have been a shadow of, of what it already was. And so I just want to publicly thank you for that right now, Tim. Skip, I got to tell you that, that I mean, you saying that, it, 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 is, it is very humbling. It is, I mean, I, I put myself back in, in 2010. I remember us talking. And, and for me, I was like, holy cow, this is an honor to be able to support such an important movement. Um, so I, I'm glad that, you know, every... I'll tell you, in my whole life, every time, you know, there's there's struggles or challenges, you know, I, I always pray and, and ask for help from God. And and um, and I imagine you were probably praying yourself and and mm -hmm. uh, and maybe maybe God just sent me our paths had to cross for for, for the Second Amendment march to take place. And, and if that's if that's the role I got to play, I'm happy to play it. Well, and I'm glad you were you were certainly there. This is Skip Coriel on the Home Defense Show, and we're speaking with Tim Schmidt, the owner and founder of the United States Concealed Carry Association, all about the United States Concealed Carry Association and the Second Amendment March. That march for me, that happened, what, April 19, 2010. For me, that was mm -hmm. a, a, a pivotal moment in, in my life because, you know, I just got done uh, rereading uh, your, your book guns freedom and the american dream it, it's a good read it's a really good book it's very personable uh, i i really like that book and in that book you allude over and over again to you being an introvert and 
I just, I relate to that so much because I am the same way, but I just think it's kind of, kind of crazy. It's like, okay, you're an introvert by nature. I'm an introvert by nature and we're doing radio shows and TV interviews and all this stuff. How, how does that happen? Are you really an introvert or are you just faking it? <laughs> no, I, I really am. Um, I, you know, I, I think a lot of people have a negative connotation to to being introverted, but I I feel just the opposite. I I read this book once called Quiet, and um, I can't remember the subtitle exactly, but it's something to the effect of how introverts rule the world, how how introverts are somehow are important in a in a world that won't be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> And, and that book really struck me because it, for the first time, I'm like, man, it, it's okay to be an introvert. And and of course, the book talks about all sorts of famous people that were introverted. And and that doesn't mean that that you you just are a hermit that wants to just be left alone. Sometimes you do, but not all the time. And and I've worked really hard you know, at my speaking skills, at my personal engagement skills, because I mean they're just skills that you can get better at. And um, and so a lot of people are are surprised when they when I explain to them, like, oh yeah, I'm an introvert, and all that means is is being around people and and being on stage and and being on television. It it just takes a lot of energy out of me. And yeah. Uh, oh yeah, I, I can I can be good at it, but man, I, yeah, when it's done, I need to just I do need to be by myself for a while. Yeah, yeah. So. My wife does not understand that because she she's an extrovert, and it's like she'll talk for like three hours and I, I get exhausted just listening to Sarah talk. I mean, they're all good things that she's saying, all of that, but still I get tired. You know, I'll teach, I'll teach a USCCA concealed carry class. And at the end of the day, it's like, I go home, I'll collapse in the chair and I don't want to talk to anybody. I just want to decompress. You know, my favorite thing to do after a class is to watch like a, an action adventure movie or something where, where I, I don't have to respond to anyone at all. I hear you, my friend. I I, I, I share the similar sentiments. Um, well, you've overcome it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that. Well, all right. You are <clears throat> overcoming it. It, it. It's a it's a daily struggle. All right. This is Skip Coriel on Home Defense Show. Coming up next, we'll continue our conversation with Tim Schmidt as we discuss the immense success of the United States Concealed Carry Association. During the break, go ahead and get on the treadmill and get back in physical shape. But be careful, because you're not as young and spry as you used to be. God bless and stay safe. We will be right back. Avoid danger, save lives, and keep your loved ones safe. If this sounds good to you, you sound good to me. And I'd like to help you do those things. Avoid danger, save lives, and keep your loved ones safe. If you're looking for more excitement in your life, we have nothing to offer you. But if you are a thoughtful, responsible, nonviolent man or woman, we'd love to teach you what to do if something crazy happens. More importantly, we'd like to teach you what not to do. We currently have over half a million members. They are doctors and single moms and firemen and grandmothers and veterans and Democrats and Republicans and members of every faith. But the one thing they all have in common is that they know exactly what to do 
if something crazy happens. When you're with one of our members, you are safe. Our members know how to de-escalate situations. They know how to calm things down. We are the United States Concealed Carry Association. See what we're all about at usconcealedcarry.com. Discover the little-known backstory of the U.S. Concealed Carry Association at usconcealedcarry.com. The mere sound of his voice makes women swoon and men storm the gates of hell. Welcome back to the Home Defense Show with Skip Coriel. All right, folks, welcome back to the Home Defense Show. I'm your host, Skip Coriel. And now let's continue our conversation with Tim Smith as we discuss the enormous success of the United States Concealed Carry Association. Tim, you're an introvert. You're on YouTube all over the place. You're on television. You're on the radio. You built this huge, successful corporation, but it wasn't always that way. You started mm -hmm. out working in a home office? Pretty much, yeah. My, my, the very first business I started was uh, an engineering firm. I went to school to study mechanical engineering because my high school teacher said, Tim, if you study engineering, you can sit behind a computer all day and you don't have to talk <laughs> to people, which, which appealed to me. And yeah, so home office, engineering company, and then you know, that, that paid the bills, allowed my wife to stay home with the kids, which is, was important to us. And then around you know, maybe halfway through the life of that business, I started Delta Defense, which in the beginning was just, I was pu publishing a magazine uh, called Concealed Curry Magazine. And I'm telling you, Skip, that is the dumbest business to start, <laughs> especially when I started it, which was in the early 2000s, when the entire print magazine industry was going into the toilet. I thought yeah. it would, would be a good idea to start a magazine. So it, it was slow going for a long time. Well, in your defense, it is an excellent magazine. I still love getting that magazine in the mail. Here's one of the things that impresses me. Whatever you decide to do, you don't skimp on it. You go all the way. That's full color glossy. I mean, maybe that doesn't make financial sense. I don't know. But I know there's a lot of people that appreciate getting that magazine. And when I'm done with my magazines, I give them to my students so that they can read them as well. When did things really start to take off for you? Well, so the business officially started in 2003. The first issue of Concealed Carry Magazine came out January 1st, 2004. So it was about 20 years ago. I don't think I started breaking even until maybe 2006 or 2007. And that was when I sold the engineering business to do this full time. And then things really started to take off in 2011 when we launched the Self-Defense Shield Benefit, which is the Self-Defense Liability Insurance. And then things really, really took off. Yeah, I think you really filled a void. There were so many states now adding shall issue concealed carry. People were getting sued. They were getting arrested and charged. And it helped protect families. It really does. It, it's, and I don't want to brag, but but I will I will say this. Um, if you go to our homepage, you'll we, we we survey our members from time to time, and one of the things we asked our members was, you know, hey, has there anything you ever learned as a USCCA member allowed you to to save a life? So according to the the survey results, over two hundred thousand of our members have said that something they learned as a USCCA member allowed them to either save themselves or or save a family member's life, which is pretty cool. I, I mean, when you yeah. think about. It, <laughs> 200,000 lives. I mean, and each one of those lives, of course, there's a ripple impact. It's pretty cool. It's pretty exciting. 
Yeah, this is Skip Coriel on the Home Defense Show. And we're speaking with Tim Schmidt about the United States Concealed Carry Association. Tim, one of the things that I really like about what you do is, I mean, I appreciate the, the, the legal defense aspect, but I especially appreciate the training aspect. Because mm -hmm. what I've learned from my students is that <clears throat> if you have good training, the more training you get, the more likely you are to avoid that self-defense incident in the first place. Skip, you obviously you're you're a professional trainer and you know that, but you you are exactly correct. And I would layer in not just the training, but the education as well. As and when I say that, I'm talking about you know the education is like the training for your mind, and then the training is you know now you're actually training your body to go through the motions of of what you would have to do. But but I think some of the most valuable things to understand are, are just your your sense of awareness and paying attention to your surroundings. Because the number one tool of a weapon of self-defense is not the firearm, it's not your pocket knife, it's not the flashlight, which you should carry all three of those. It's between your ears, it's your brain. Your brain is the number one self-defense weapon and just by paying attention, it allows you to avoid most of the danger that's out there. As a mechanical engineer, you'll probably uh, appreciate this. One of the things that I tell my students is I always divide self-defense into two categories, hardware and software. And most people, they focus solely on the hardware, which is the gun, the magazine, the ammo, the holster, to the exclusion of the software. But I just advocate that the software is more important because you use the software every waking moment of your life. You know, your situational awareness, your skill set, your knowledge base, your warrior mindset, your personality, they all work with you to help you avoid or escape or, or defend in any type of uh, self-defense uh, incident. So I, I appreciate that. Yeah, well said, Skip. I like to share the corollary of if, when you live life in condition yellow, now I'm referring to, of course, Cooper's color codes. When you live life in condition yellow, you get the, the benefit or the luxury of being in condition orange. Condition mm -hmm. orange is when like, okay, need to make some decisions here because I just detected some scary stuff. If you live life in condition white, you miss out on that beautiful condition orange. You go straight to red because you weren't paying attention. Yeah, that's exactly true. One time in class, I was talking about situational awareness, paying attention, all of that stuff. And a guy raised his hand and he said, you know, I hear what you're saying, but I'm not going to do that. And this was in a concealed carry class. And I said, well, why are you not going to do that? He said, you sound paranoid to me. You know, I'm not going to go go around living my life afraid of of everything that's out there and living in fear and and I said I said listen you don't understand what I'm talking about I don't live in fear okay I don't have to live in fear because I'm trained and I'm prepared it's not an emotional thing I mean when you pull into the parking lot you look around oh any you know there are five teenagers there with ball bats and chains if there is I'll drive someplace else but you know <laughs> people don't understand that being uh, situationally alert and aware, it's not paranoid. It, it's more like uh, awareanoid, I guess is what I'd call it. Yeah, I, I like that. That's a cool word. No, it's not paranoia. Paranoia is, is unhealthy. Preparation is, is healthy. Preparation is uh, creating good habits of awareness. I would argue that by creating those good awareness habits, it almost precludes you from being paranoid because paranoia is fear of something that's not real. And that's not what we're talking about here. All right, Tim, where would you be without your family? Oh, my goodness. I'll tell you, that's a hot button for me right now, or, or kind of a soft spot, I should say. I, as we were talking be before this interview, 
we were just chatting a little bit, and I told you that my oldest son, my 25-year-old son, Tim Jr., just got married past November, and my daughter is getting married in October, and my youngest son's off to college. And, you know, the thing about when you raise your children, and if you do a decent job, you raise children who are independent adults who want to essentially get away from you. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's right. Not, 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 not get away from you, but they want to be on their own. They, they want to live their lives now. And, mm-hmm. and I'll tell you, I miss the heck out of those kids. They, it's so easy to take for granted when, when you see your kids every single day. Yeah, I understand that. I'm not an empty nester. I took a, a different path than, than you did. Someone argue not better path. A different path. I'm on my third marriage, but we've been married for 20 years. And I I have seven kids. The oldest is 39. The youngest is 12. I have 19 grandchildren. So (laughs) I know, I know. I could write a book about that, and I did. But uh, (laughs) I, I knew that family was important to you. I mean, family, I mean, I'll tell people, you know, what's the most important thing in your life? And for me, it's easy. It's God, family, country in that order. Is that how you would prioritize it as well or something different? Yep. No, no, God, God, family, country, 1000%. You know, you're going to be an empty nester, but then you're going to have grandkids. And and if they live in the same state as you, they're going to be dropping the kids off. So you won't be an empty nest for for long. So I can't, I can't wait for that. All right. Well, Tim, anyone who wants to know more about USCCA, it's real easy. They just go to uscca.com. Thank you very much, Tim, for being on the show today. I'm glad we got to catch up and I want to have you on again because we shouldn't wait so long. Skip, I would love to be on again. Um, Thank you for doing what you're doing. I think your mission is extremely important. And and so thank you for doing that. All righty. This is Skip Coriel on Home Defense Show. Coming up next, we'll have our self-defense report brought to you by shootingclasses.com. During the break, go ahead and check out our sponsors, United States Concealed Carry Association, Center Shot Indoor Gun Range, and shootingclasses.com. After that, go ahead and do some dry fire practice, but make sure the gun is unloaded and there's no ammo in the room. God bless and stay safe. We will be right back. Firearms training should be easy. Instructors can focus on teaching and not worry about all the complex paperwork and management behind the scenes. Just pull the trigger and let us do the administrative work. Welcome to shootingclasses.com. At Center Shot Gun Range, we are passionate about training. Don't know where to start? We offer a one-hour new shooter seminar to introduce you to the world of firearms and help you find training opportunities specific to you. Concealed carry, home defense, firearm safety, AR-15, private one-on-one training, custom training, or maybe you're on a security team looking to protect your church or business. We even offer weekday morning and evening classes. Center Shot Gun Range has you covered. Start your journey at centershotgunrange.com. Firearms training should be easy. Instructors can focus on teaching and not worry about all the complex paperwork and management behind the scenes. Just pull the trigger and let us do the administrative work. Welcome to shootingclasses.com. He's no Einstein, but he can read and write and feed himself just like a big boy. Welcome back to the Home Defense Show with Skip Coriel. And that was the beautiful and sultry voice of Golden Glenn, the official announcer of the Home Defense Show, and I'm your host, Skip Coriel. Don't forget to check out our sponsors, United States Concealed Carry Association, 
shootingclasses.com and Centershot Indoor Gun Range for all your training and equipment needs. And now it's time for our weekly self-defense report sponsored by shootingclasses.com. And today we're speaking with firearms instructor Rick Ector from the great state of Michigan. Rick, welcome to the Home Defense Show. Hey, Skip. Thanks for the welcome, man. And it's always an honor to be invited back. That means I didn't do anything heinous the last time I was on. <laughs> well, actually, there's a lot of reasons I could invite you back. It could be your suave and debonair personality, your personal charm. It could be that you just laugh at my jokes. All right. I do. I do. I do. <laughs> Rick, I'm going to read an article about a crime. This one is quite interesting. It says, man shoots, injures 37-year-old during road rage incident. The incident happened at 5.30 p.m. Tuesday in Pontiac. A 37-year-old man was shot in a road rage incident. Waterford Township Police said a 37-year-old man driving a black Chevy Impala rear-ended a dark-colored Chevy Malibu that was being driven by a 55-year-old man and had a 50-year-old woman in the passenger seat. The driver of the Malibu exited the vehicle and was standing near the driver's side of the vehicle, exchanging words with the driver of the Impala when the driver of the Impala put his vehicle in reverse, quickly backed up, and then drove directly at the 55-year-old man. The driver of the Malibu, a CPL holder, had a 9mm semi-automatic handgun and fired two rounds at the windshield of the Impala as it drove toward him. He struck the driver once. The driver of the Impala made a statement to police at the scene before he was transported to a hospital for non-life-threatening injuries. Witnesses were also interviewed at the scene. The driver of the Impala and his passenger were interviewed at Waterford Township Police Headquarters. Rick, there's a lot of stuff there. There's a lot of stuff to unpack there, yeah. Give me your impression of what happened and your key takeaways. Well, one thing that I've always cautioned people of is when you're driving and if you're armed, and obviously you have a concealed pistol license if you're doing so in the state of Michigan, you know, extend a lot of people a lot of grace on the road, man. We've seen a lot of incidents over the years in which a road rage incident started because someone cut someone off and then the other person chose to escalate in some other fashion or another. Cool heads prevail and cool heads get to go home. That's the first thing that jumps right out at me. Rick, um, that's a good one. Can I borrow that? Cool heads <laughs> prevail and cool heads get to come home? Yeah, I mean, you know, and, and that's the that's the big one. And some people may have a question as to whether it was proper for someone to shoot at someone driving at them with a car. Well, if the car could be explained away as a self-defense tool to speed towards someone who's putting their life in imminent danger of great bodily harm, sexual assault, or death, and yeah, you can use whatever tool is at your disposal to defend yourself, and that would include a vehicle. A car is a pretty big bullet. Yeah, it is. Shooting at a moving car. I mean, yeah, uh, hopefully uh, when you're shooting at a moving target, even if it is coming directly at you, and you know, at an angled windshield, maybe those bullets could take an unpredictable trajectory after impact that could be a potential concern. One possible thing to explore is, was it possible to get out of the way without shooting? That's always another thing to consider. You know, when we use our firearms defensively, we can't recall bullets. Sometimes when you look back on it, maybe it might have been better and safer for other people. And that's the other concern. 
Anytime you discharge your gun, you can't necessarily predict where those bullets may go. And there may be some unintended targets. And if they didn't put your life in imminent danger, then you will have to pay the piper for that. The shooter was taken into custody. Thing to keep in mind there is if you're involved in a lethal force self-defense incident, hopefully you've already had some uh, legal help on standby. If you're questioned by the police and there's no attorney there, you probably should observe your right to remain silent and wait till counsel gets there. This is Skip Coriel, and you're listening to the Self-Defense Report, sponsored by ShootingClasses.com, as we discuss self-defense with Rick Ector from Detroit. Rick, you obviously don't know this, so I'm just going to let you know right now, there's a button on your handgun. If you miss or you take a shot that you shouldn't have, you just press Control-Z. <laughs> the bullet, it comes right back. Didn't, didn't you know that? It's I did not feature. know that, man. And you know what? I made it a point to read my manual thoroughly before I started using it and carrying it. And it must be in the footnotes, man. But I'm going to double back and look for that. Yeah, yeah, you should do that because that Control-Z button comes in pretty handy. Yeah, I, I think you were pretty, pretty spot on in everything that you said. Of course, road rage only happens in Detroit. It doesn't happen on my side of the state, which is... Um, I don't I find that I'm hard sure. to believe, man. Road rage occurs <laughs> that, that's everywhere, man. I've had a few incidents, man, but uh, I was mindful of the fact that I was armed and that all I had to do was just suck it up and let some stranger make menacing faces at me and yell, scream, and curse. And at the end of the day, we both made it home. I've lived over here on the west side of the state, rural area, my whole life. I've had three road rage incidents. One when I was 19 years old, and that was my fault. I was young and dumb, and my <laughs> ego was bigger than anything else. And the other two, I was older, wiser. I just de-escalated, and, and it handled just fine. That brings me to uh, another one of my points. This guy, he used his gun. I don't know if he's going to be charged uh, with a crime or not, but if he had just stayed in his car and just drove away, he wouldn't have had Bra's gun in the first place, right? Ego is a, is a really big thing, and egos and guns, they just don't mix, Rick. I agree. I mean, I don't want to have anyone interpret my analysis to be a one-size-fits-all solution either. Any similar circumstance could have different outcomes and it could have different factors that are involved. I always tell people to use your best judgment, err on the side of caution and or safety. And, and to your point, if you can safely get away and perhaps initiate a call with 911 and, and explain what's happening as you make your way to the nearest police station, which is another point. It's probably a good idea to have a good handle on where local police stations are in your particular community. It's hard doing this based on an article because we don't have all the facts. We weren't there. We don't have video, you know, nothing. We don't know what was going through the guy's mind, any of that stuff. But I guess the way I'm seeing it in my own mind, someone's driving at you. They, first, they back up, meaning well, they're probably going to come forward because I parked behind them. Now they're going to come forward. Maybe I should be getting out of the way. The time he took to uncover the gun, draw, and drive out maybe would have been better spent moving to the left. That, that's assuming that he could move to the well, left. And you're probably absolutely correct. But the thing that I want to gently suggest 
is that it is very easy. I, I would I would suggest too easy to Monday morning quarterback. I mean, in the heat of the moment, I mean, all sorts of things are happening with you mentally and even physiologically that if you've ever found yourself in a situation, and I've been in a, in a couple, unfortunately, when the adrenaline dump happens, it is totally a game changer, man. And you can actually teach this stuff. But when it happens to you, you're like, oh, my God, everything that I teach people, it actually happened. <laughs> That's right. That's right. All right. Well, Rick, we are about out of time. You've done a great job of armchair quarterbacking this thing. So you, you had a really good analysis. Rick, I know that you're getting ready to have an event to talk about the new handgun storage law, long gun registration, you know, red flag laws. Tell us how people can get involved in that. If you are in the Metro Detroit area and you would like to attend a seminar, Go to LegallyArmedInDetroit.com and look for the announcement. I'm doing a free training session at a church. And yes, we have permission to carry that. Thank you uh, for being on the show today. I appreciate it. Hey, man, thank you for having me. It is truly an honor. Okay, folks, this is Skip Coriel on Home Defense Show. And that about wraps it up for this week's show. I've had a good time and I hope you have too. Please don't forget to thank our sponsors, Centershot Indoor Gun Range at CentershotGunRange.com shootingclasses.com to help you find the right trainer for your needs and the United States Concealed Carry Association. For all your self-defense needs, go to uscca.com. Oh yeah, before I forget, I've written 20 plus books and they're all available on amazon.com in paperback, ebook, and audiobook. This week, check out one of my nonfiction books titled Blood in the Streets, Concealed Carry, and the OK Corral. I think you'll like it. And if you want training for me in person, then check out Midwest Tactical Training at shootingclasses.com. Please join us again next week for all your home defense needs. In the meantime, God bless and stay safe. Thank you for joining us this week on The Home Defense Show. Now, get out there and protect the ones you love. We'll see you next week with more of the best. Bye-bye, boys! Have fun storming the castle!